blessing. And thank you to all that have helped with special music in this time. Some came from home, playing at home, song leading from home, and then had the song leaders come back a few weeks back. And then last week we had our deacons and their family departmental leaders so we could go over how we were going to run things. It was good to see folks then. And now this is a good crowd, our first 9 a.m. crowd. And we know that there's some saints that are not going to come because of of maybe age or some health problems, and they're just not uh, ready yet, and that's fine. We're not going to judge that. If somebody uh, wears a mask or gloves, that's fine. We don't want them to feel uncomfortable whatsoever. And uh, maybe you wanted to, but you didn't because you thought, well, I don't want to uh, feel weird or something like that. I was going to wear this just so uh, everybody feel comfortable, but you can't preach in it, so I'm going to take it off. But uh, what's different this morning as well is uh, there's no uh, video going on during the 9 o'clock services at the 11 o'clock service. So I feel like I have so much more liberty because uh, you've got to be careful what you say. And believe me, I've said the wrong thing a few times in the last 12 weeks, and uh, I, I don't like that. And so... I'm trying to be better. It's hard when you've been preaching for over 40 years to suddenly change your ways, uh, even though maybe they needed to be changed. I am who I am, and, uh, but, I, but I make blunders and I make mistakes, and hopefully I can make them all in this service uh, because 11 o'clock people will be watching from all over the place. Okay, so thank you for your patience with your pastor. Amen. So we've had our hymns of praise, and we thank God for that and our special Good job, and we get into God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, let me get myself going here. One of the services, I did not have my microphone on, and that was kind of troublesome to people at home trying to hear me when I walked away from the pulpit. I've been they've trying to train me to stay right here, and that's just not my way. And so I, I thought I've done a pretty good job with it, but sometimes I didn't. So maybe I'll have a little bit more liberty today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sustainos, our brother, under the church uh, of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that are in every place, call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, amen, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I I point out how many times Jesus Christ is mentioned in those first nine verses a lot, and I I like that. And so today we want to glorify the Lord Jesus uh, with this message, so thankful. How many are thankful this morning? I'm thankful. So thankful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come back to the house of God. And Lord, like the Old Testament saints would say, it's good to come uh, to the house of the Lord. And uh, Lord, it was good to see people walking from the parking lot to the front of the church, in the doors, with a smile on their face. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you just bless these services today, this first one. 
Give me liberty to preach. And Lord, give us ears to hear what you have us to hear this first Sunday back in your house. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to read a verse also connected to my thought this morning. It's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 in verse 3. Just the first part, it says this. We are bound to thank God for you. And so I'm thinking today after this sequestering of 2020, I'm so thankful to see you again and for us to have some measure of coming together in worship. Again, you're the A through L's. I'm so thankful for people A through L. And then the next one, M through Z, and I'll be thankful for them too. But I thank God for the people of God, for the church of the living God. Amen? The Apostle Paul in this text here in 1 Corinthians 1 and in 2 Thessalonians chapter uh, 1, he's, he's thankful for his many blessings. That's one of the reasons we sang, count your blessing. Paul was looking back over his life, over his ministry, over the trials and trouble that he had to endure for the cross of Christ. And he was so thankful. We need to be thankful. And on a regular basis, not just when things go our way. Boy, if I've learned something about this, we've taken so much for granted. And we didn't think we did, but we did. And even now, maybe some are still not thankful. And they're, they're focusing on all the negative. And boy, we ought to be so thankful. Because things certainly are worse in other places. Even in our state, we don't like the things going on. But there are other states that are having far worse difficulties. And uh, pray for our country, pray for our leadership. Now with these riots going on and unrest, it is just horrible pestilence and floods. It kind of sounds like biblical times, don't you think? And I'm looking for my Lord to come as our text talks about. But we need to be thankful and we need to be faithful in these days. And so I'm thankful of God's great blessings even, do the, even during these last 12 weeks. Now our God is good. Amen. Our God is gracious. Amen. Now you, you see, you're, you're not used to going to church. You're used to being at home and you're used to having your coffee and your bowl of cereal and in your pajamas while I'm preaching. And you don't know what to do, do you? So we're going to, we got to retrain you here. So it's okay to say amen. Praise God. It's, it's all right. I, I can't say enough. And I'll say this about the majority of our church that has supported this church during this, this difficult time. I'm thankful for the faithful viewers on online services, that people were faithful to do that. It was different. Not everybody liked it. Now, I think some people like it. They're home today, later on. They're going to stay home because they'd rather do it that way. But I'm thankful for those that came online for the services. I'm thankful for the prayers offered up by you people, God's people, for your pastors. And we've never been through a pandemic just like you hadn't. And we didn't know certain things we had to do and come up with. I thank God for Pastor Williams and Mrs. Williams Church. You would have not had what you had without their leadership. And I thank God for them. And uh, they've learned a lot. We've all learned a lot. Uh, we've still made visitation. We still kept trying to do our job as we could. The hardest thing was for me as a pastor not being able to visit people in the hospital, nursing homes that were sick. And uh, it, it was terrible. But it, that's just the way this time has been. And so I'm praying for that all to go away. But I'm thankful for the prayers of God's people. I'm thankful for the way that uh, most of God's people have tithed and gave offerings to support their local church in your physical absence. I mean, things just went on. We were able to take care of the things of God. We were able to take care of our missionaries and evangelists that were off the road because of this and needed help. Families in our church that went through certain things and we wanted to help be a blessing. Just yesterday, 
uh, trying to help a family that their little son has been sick since he's been born and just trying to help them at different times and, and, and pray for little Caleb, if you would, what he's going through with some heart difficulties. And pray for a little girl named Selah. She is, a, she is one of my preacher friend's granddaughter, and some of you people know the family. Uh, but little Selah was born and just a little infant and just back into the hospital in ICU most of this week, just touch and go, and they're starting to figure things out for her. And it's just been a difficult time for the seniors. It's been a difficult time for families. It's just been a difficult time, but I thank God for your faithfulness during this time to support the work of God so that we can help people. And you do this all the time. I thank God for this church. Amen? I thank God for the membership. I truly applaud you, and I want to applaud you. Would you applaud with me yourselves? Go ahead. It's fine. Today it's fine. I know you say, Pastor, you just don't do that. Well, I'm so filled with appreciation that I think you deserve an applaud. You're a good church. You've done a good job during this shutdown. And I want to reflect today on the faithfulness of God's body. Uh, and I really want to say my heart is full, and I thank God every remembrance of you as we read Paul uh, writing this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Uh, now, I know that pride's not supposed to be a good thing. And later on tonight, I'll be preaching a message on on some of that. But for this morning, I want to kind of get a pastoral uh, pass on that because I am proud of you. I am proud of the church that we have. Pride can be a sinful thing, not a good thing. But in the right spirit, I want to say that I'm proud of Parkview Baptist Church for the way you've conducted yourself in this manner. And you say, well, preacher, I haven't conducted myself so well. I don't know that. God knows that. So I'm, I'm giving you a pastoral pardon, okay? But from now on, let's, let's do a better job with that. But I just thank God for you, and I'm proud of you. I believe this local church is one of the best on the planet, and I mean that. And I, I, I'm just, I'd be so sad for a pastor that doesn't feel that way. But I feel that way, and I felt that way for a long time. I'm proud to be your senior pastor, and I'm glad you're back in the house of God. I mean, I mean that with all my heart. Now, the Apostle Paul was right when he was reflecting on the goodness of God in the ministry. And he said something very interesting that I can relate to. Maybe you can to a certain part, but I know I can. Every God-called preacher can. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, And I thank, uh, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. You know, I, I, I never dreamed I'd ever be in the ministry. I could, I could take you to people today that uh, they remember when I first was called to preach that they thought this would never happen. I have people in my past that just couldn't believe that Steve Brown could get saved, much less be a preacher. But I'm telling you, God put me in the ministry. It wasn't something I was volunteering for at first. After a while, God told me, you know, it, 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 it's good to desire office of a bishop. But that wasn't in my heart at all. But I thank God that he's put me in the ministry. I understand what Paul's saying. And I make application, application by this emphasis in this phrase, putting me in the ministry. I thank God for him putting me in this ministry, this church, these people for all these years. And I just want to love on you today and tell you I'm, I'm going to be all positive this morning. Amen. Tonight, I don't know. But to, this morning, I'm going to be positive. And I just want you to know I'm so thankful for you. I want to declare that my heart, again, is full. And I want to say some things to you as a congregation, A through L, and I want you to understand how thankful I am. 
What am I thankful for? Well, you ought to be thankful for these two. But Paul was saying, and I'm saying today, I thank God for each and every one of you. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, in verse 3, the Bible says, we read, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith, watch this, groweth exceedingly. And the, the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. And then he writes in the third chapter of this same letter, verse 1, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. I thank God for each and every one of you. Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, he said, I am bound to give thanks for you. Paul was saying, um, he was saying to that church, you are a huge blessing in my life. Now, over these last several weeks, these 12 weeks, I've had to preach to empty pews. And, you know, I didn't think much of it till I did it. It's not an easy thing. And I, it still was a struggle for me. It's so good to see your faces. It's so good to see response. Because, you know, when you say something you think's a little cute or funny and there's no response, it, it's, it's bad. And, and, and I, I could tell a bad joke. In some ways, it didn't mean anything because nobody was here to go like this. But I love the interaction of the preaching and the service of the Lord. And I thank God for you being here today. And I want to tell you, I hope by the end of the service, you'll understand how much I appreciate you coming back as a church. I think there's some Christians that go to some churches that they, they're not going to go back. Uh, there's businesses that aren't going to open. There's lives that have been altered. But it's such a blessing to me to see people that want to come back to the house of God. We had texts this morning how excited people were, and, and uh, they, had the, the, they had the holy goosebumps coming back. And, and it's so glad to know that you're, you want to be in this place. And uh, I missed all of you. You say, preacher, how much did you miss us? How much did I miss thee? Let me count the ways. <laughs> Sound familiar? Well, I'm going to tell you, I miss the buzz and the joy of greeting one another at the house of God. Uh, there's just an electricity sometimes when you come to church, and there's an excitement, there's an anticipation that you draw into. Now, it's not always that way. You know, in our past, we say, how are you today? Well, let me tell you how I am. I'm, but for the most part, coming in today, people were smiling, they were saying, good to see you, Pastor. And there's an excitement when you come into the house of God at times. And I, and I miss that. I'm so glad that could be back. Now, the psalmist understood this when he wrote in Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen? I was glad, he said. He experienced that. That word glad means excited, thrilled, pleased to go to the house of God. Now, something else I want to tell you that, that I miss. I miss the salutations of God's people to, to me. as Pastor, how are you today? It's good to see you, Pastor. How are you, Pastor? You say, it's all about you. No, I'm just saying, in a personal experience, I enjoy that, that interaction. I have one man that always asks me, did you have a good week? He always asks me that. And I, I look forward to seeing him soon, and he'll ask me, how, did you have a good week? How are you doing this week, Pastor? Amen? And some people Pastor, I'm looking forward to the message you have prepared for us. These things I didn't think much about until you don't have them. And when you preach to empty pews, I've heard preachers in the past say, they're preaching, they're upset because they're not getting the amens they feel like they should get, or they're not getting the reaction they think, and they say, well, it feels like I'm preaching to empty pews. That guy don't know what he's talking about. I know that. 
I have experienced exactly what those guys said, but I know it now. And it's not fun. And I'm so glad we had some pews sort of filled today, amen, with your presence. I miss seeing the interaction during the preaching time. Again, it's hard to preach the pews. The preaching over the years, it's hard. But when I see people smiling, when I see people laughing, when I see people, maybe I'll come up, not now, but a pungent thought, somebody will write that down. I say, that's a blessing. And I just appreciate it as your pastor. And I don't want to preach the empty pews anymore. Amen. I miss the collective voice of praise by the house of God, by the people of God. And I, today, it was good singing. It was good singing. I just look for the days where we take all this tape down and stuff here in a little bit, and we have everybody, and we're all lifting up our voices. I was planning a praise service for one of the first services coming back. I was all excited about it, laying it out, and I got to thinking the first Sunday night I wanted to do it, but I thought, we can't take the crowd. I have a feeling that when we get that liberty, this place will be packed, and I'm looking forward to that day. But I thought, wow, we can't really do that yet. Let's wait on that, and when we do it, we'll really do it. Amen? But uh, I miss that, that time where God uh, people are praising the Lord, singing uh, their best for the Lord. I miss the tears of joy over blessings. Somebody gets up and sings a song, and when you're online, you don't see it, you know. But to see people shed some tears and take a hanky and wipe their face because of the good song that was sung or a good point that was preached. I miss the children. I really do that, missing the children. They're so sweet, and I, I thank God for them, how they scamper around the church. Amen? They're smiling faces as they come in the door, and they're looking for their best friends, and they're looking for their grandma or their grandpa or their cousins. Amen? And I miss that. It's good to see that. Uh, it's kind of a sweet thing while we were away uh, sequestered. One we had these pictures throughout the auditorium. I, it started happening and I encouraged people. I, I kind of wanted in my heart for everybody to do that and then we just have all these pictures and then take a picture of that, put it on the screen when we got back. It just, some people didn't have it or whatever, but it was kind of neat to have your faces out there and as you preached, it, it helped. It really helped. But I, some of uh, Brother William's children, they, they were in church for a long time and Finally, he came to me and said, Pastor, he said, I'm going to have my kids come. They're going to sit by me. But we're here for seven, eight weeks, and they're at the house every week. So they were a family, and we thought, okay, that'll work. And when they came back, it was interesting to see them go sit right next to the picture of their friends. Isn't that sweet? They've been missing their friends, and just nobody told them to. They just went over there, and you'd see this one sitting by that picture, and this one said, hey, you know what? These children miss their friends. And, and children, they go, I'm, I'm looking forward to when the children come in, they could see their friends, amen, family members and, and friends. Uh, we've been set free, as they sang today, in Christ, but we're not free totally yet in our, in our worship. But I miss the children, and I miss them so excited to be in the house of God. And, and we will get back to children's ministry, nursery. Right now, we have to do it this way. But in time, we'll open up this and open up that and change this and change that. Just want to get back to normalcy, but not get back to normalcy, if you understand. I think we need to, this thing has changed us, and I want it to change us for God's glory and good. Amen. But I want to tell you, I missed you in your absence, and I'm so glad you're back together again. Bill Gaither wrote a song called Family of God. And you need to help me with this, because we don't want me to do it all by myself. 
and I'm going to cry halfway through it, so you'll have to help me. But the first verse he said, he said, Now you'll notice we say brother and sister around here. Uh, It's because we're a family. These folks are so dear. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in this family so dear. I think you know the chorus. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. You know it. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod. For I'm part of the family, the family of God. Then this is the next course. It says, from the door of the orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong, not worthy to be here, but praise God, I belong. So you got to help me. Ready? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God, been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood, join heirs with Jesus as I travel this sod, for I'm part of the family, the family of God. I'm glad I'm part of the family of God. Amen? And I'm glad you're here today. Truly blessed, and I'm privileged, and I hope you feel that way too. Amen? Because Paul was saying God put him in the ministry. Paul wasn't looking for it, but God came looking for him in salvation and in putting him in the ministry. And with you and I, same thing. God has put us in the body of Christ, and he's given us a ministry, and we've been given gifts from God. What? For the good of the house of God and for the glory of God. I hope you realize that today. So number one, I thank God for each and every one of you. Number two, I thank God for your faithfulness and your testimony of growth. Paul says here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. You know, whether you realize it or not, when times of testing come, that's when we really grow. We don't like testing. We don't like trial. We don't like trouble. But that's when we begin to grow. And Paul's saying to the church here at Thessalonica, hey, your faith has caused you to grow exceedingly, he said. This word growth means a growth of advancement as Christians and disciples of Jesus Christ. I have seen faith that is ongoing. I've seen faith that is enlarging, multiplying, continuing. That's the idea here. The connection to growth was connected to a hardship they were going through. And of course, we've just been through this and still going through. There's things about it we don't like. But you know what? I hope, I know I have, and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I have grown through this. I have learned through this. And I hope some of you have grown I hope you hadn't just sat around for 12 weeks, twiddling your thumbs and not in the word, not praying and not, you know, excited about the things of God, just focusing on the negative and the depressive side of things. We ought to be growing. 
And God does bring things in all of our lives that are hard. But it's through the hardships of life where we get stronger and we grow and we become more effective Christians and we become more fruitful Christians. Amen. I hope that you have grown in your faith and I hope that you have grown in your faithfulness. Uh, many have. I mentioned the church has been faithful, but some maybe weren't. And during this time, they think, you know what? I should be doing more. God spoke to their heart. I'm hoping that some sat at home and maybe got online and heard the services that maybe weren't coming to church. And I hope after a while they'll start coming because they know, you know what? I ought to get back to church. This family ought to get back to church. Some may say, you know, I haven't been giving. I haven't been serving. I haven't been singing in the choir. And maybe during this, we've grown. And we say, now, God, I want to go back with gusto. I want to serve you with, to my best ability. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And listen, Paul was thankful for their faithfulness. And he was thankful for the testimony of growth he saw in them. And then I want to say, thank God for your charity that abound toward others. Paul writes about that too. He says, uh, your faith groweth exceedingly, verse 3, and the charity, that's love, and charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. That's an interesting statement. The charity, every one of you all, toward each other aboundeth. That word aboundeth is an interesting word. It means, it means abundant. It means super abounding. It means the existence of a, 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 abundance. It means to increase. It means to significantly increase. I say to the church, I'm very proud of you and the way that you've responded to the need of others. During these last several weeks, many of you have, have communicated your love one to another, checking on one another, reaching out to one another, cards and calls and encouraging messages. And you say, preacher, how do you know that? Well, I, I and Pastor and Mrs. Williams and my wife, we, we tried to make visits and we tried to see people and, and uh, we, we tried to get some we couldn't, some weren't home when we called and things of that nature. But I tell you what, it was a blessing to check on somebody going through something and them say, oh, pastor, it's been such a blessing because so-and-so's already called me and so-and-so sent me a card and this family already texted me and checked on me. What a blessing. Now, we would expect the pastors and the leaders, the deacons and departmental to check on their people. We would expect that. But when the family of God checks on one another, that's a good thing. And that shows the love that you have one toward another. It shows the unity that we have in this body of Christ. Amen. Uh, I, I bragged on you for your faithful viewing, your faithful praying, your faithful giving. But listen, the faithfulness of uplifting others that have been down. I got a text the other night. Pastor Brown, so-and-so's kind of having a hard time. Can you give them a call? Well, of course, we could do that. But it was glad, I was glad that somebody else had already communicated their love toward them before I even know, knew about it. Again, we expect the deacons to deacon and the pastors to pastor. Amen. But when the body of Christ is checking on one another and praying for one another and loving on one another and, and texting one another and sending a card. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I didn't get much of that. But he, that hath, he that hath friends making himself friendly. Maybe, maybe we can grow in that. Maybe we can say, well, wow, I want to do better. Well, then let's do a better job at that. But overall, I'm so happy. I'm so thankful. I'm so pleased as the body of Christ demonstrated love and concern and cared for one another. That's a good sign of a strong church, by the way. And I'm so grateful. I thank God for your liberality 
also, church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, go over there if you would. We got a little bit of time here. Uh, these, these limits on the preaching has been difficult too. And I've got to even be more because we've got to get out at a certain time and then we've got to get ready for the building and then others got to come in and, you know, but uh, kind of helping Jeremiah and I not to be so long-winded and, and I have a tendency to be that way. And, uh, but anyway, moving on, I thank God for your liberality. we got time for this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I want you to look at verse 2. Paul writes how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty aboundeth under the riches of their liberality. For to their power, that means ability, bear record, yea, and beyond their power or beyond their ability, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty uh, that would receive the gift and take upon them the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And this they did, Paul says, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Paul was talking about this church at Macedonia, their liberality. He was communicating to them how they were faithful in their giving. And he said, and you didn't even have it. And you were struggling, but you gave it anyway. You know, that kind of gift to God is a blessing. And I thank God for your liberality. The word communicate in the word means not always, but many times the word communicate in the Bible means a disbursement of something. It means an alms or an offering given. It means benevolent or helps given. And Paul said they did it above their power or ability. And I know when this thing first started out, people didn't know they're going to get a paycheck or if they were going to get this, this government help and all that, and all that's kind of fallen. Some didn't, some did, and it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. But in all this, the people of God were faithful. They gave, and they even gave above, and they gave for other people that weren't having a, <coughs> a check come in, or as long as we knew about it. And a lot of people didn't tell anybody. But there were some that we knew had lost jobs or laid off or what have you. And, you know, you were liberal in your giving. I know what people, I've heard that people did certain things for people that God laid on their heart. That is a sign of a good church. This church has always been a good giving church. It's a pleasure as a pastor to have a church like that. And here's why they were that way. Here's why they gave above their means, above their ability. He says, because you first gave yourselves to the Lord. And he says, and unto the will of God. That's the key. You want to know how to be a good giving Christian, not just in money, but in your time, your talents, your, your compassion towards somebody else and things like that. You know why? You first give yourself to the Lord. He gave himself for us. Amen. Amen. I've said this, I, I think in almost 40 years uh, of preaching, I, I've said this, 40, I'm sorry, 45 years of preaching, but in pastoring almost 40 years, I probably said this a zillion times. You know zillion's a big number. And I know that I exaggerate, but probably at least a zillion. I have said this. This church is one of the most faithful giving churches I know of. And I thank God for your liberality. You know, you amaze me. You know, I've been in the ministry long enough to get very, very uh, skeptical. 
I've been in the ministry long enough to get very cynical. And it happens. But I've been in the ministry long enough to know that this church is an amazing church. It's an amazing body of believers who care about one another and show it. And that your liberality is testified by you. Again, during this sequestering, tithes came in, extra giving came in. We were able to take care of our missionaries. They didn't have to worry about Parkview Baptist Church. And we gave more to help needs. And we gave to evangelists. No meetings. Uh, Chris Miller, who came to preach for us, meetings canceled, canceled, canceled. That man would have a family that needs to eat and pay bills. And we have evangelists that come our way often, some each year, year by year. And we were able to send them help at different times just to encourage them. And then I found out that other churches did the same thing. And so they went along okay. You know, this is what I found out in talking to most pastors. Each of them said this in some kind of way. They said, you know, I'm just so surprised at how, how well our people kept up with their giving. They said, we, they, 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 we were planning on the fact that we weren't going to have the resources. But he said they went over and above. It blessed my heart. That it wasn't just Parkview. All I knew, Parkview would. But there are other churches. That's a sign of good Bible-believing churches doing the right thing. Even through a pandemic. It's amazing. I thank God for your liberality, church. I thank God for your labors for Christ's sake. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 7. Paul says... So that you come behind in no gift, awaiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know how many of you thought that. During this whole thing, have you ever thought, boy, I think the Lord's coming. Anybody thought that way? Oh, there are about three or four spiritual ones in here. Uh, he's coming. Well, he's coming. 1 Corinthians 7, so that you come behind in no gift. Paul was saying to the church at Corinth, and let me tell you, Corinth had its problems. We've been through the book of 1 Corinthians, and when I get done with Joshua's study, which starts this Wednesday, I'm excited to go back, we will get into 2 Corinthians. The 2 Corinthians is a problem church. But I'll tell you what, they came behind in no gift, Paul said. They were gifted. Here's the problem. We are gifted. I mean, Parkview Baptist Church, for the church our side, we are gifted in music. We are gifted in teachers and leadership and, and families with young children. We, we, we are so we are balanced to older folks and younger folks. and <coughs> We are so blessed. You do know that. We are blessed. And you come behind in no gift. I, I'd put you up against any church. It's not a competition. But I'm telling you, you're that kind of church. But Paul was saying to this Corinthian church that had problems. Although they had problems, they were gifted. But here was the problem. They weren't using their gifts. Now, I don't know if any of you during this sequestering time... Maybe you got this right, but if you've been given gifts, and I know you have because the Bible says that he giveth gifts to every believer, it's issued by the Holy Spirit. You need to use those gifts. And I remind you what those gifts are. They're for the betterment of the body of Christ and for the glory of God ultimately. You have gift. Many of you have gifts. The Corinthian church weren't using their gifts. And maybe some today, you're not using your gifts. And I pray you're so thankful for God that you say, I'm going to use my gifts for the glory of God. I'm going to use my gifts to the body of Christ. Amen. We are a very gifted body of Christ. And I thank God for you. And I don't want to give you the big head this morning. I do. 
because I'm, I'm going to be so nice this morning, but then tonight and eh, maybe next week, I got to get back to preaching. Amen. And you say, oh, preaching's all negative. No, it's not. But the Bible says that the pastor is supposed to, you know, he's supposed to provoke. Amen. It means poke you and prod you. And that means, you know, we're supposed to encourage also. So I'm trying to encourage you today. But I'll tell you what, church, you're not the average bear church. You are a great church. And I thank God for you. Amen. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you. I'm so thankful for your labors for Christ and for the gospel. And I believe God is pleased. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10, Paul also writes, I believe, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward the na his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. It's so important that we minister to the saints. And lastly, in case you're wondering, I see the clock getting close to the top here. I thank God for your return to this place we call home. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, I know that this building is not the house of God. It is the people. I know that. <laughs> but I'll tell you something. <laughs> After 12 weeks, I'm glad to see you in the physical building together this morning. Again, we're not all together. There are seniors that didn't feel comfortable coming. There are people with health issues that don't feel comfortable coming. There are some people that just don't feel comfortable coming right now. And it has nothing to do with age or those things. And, and then you've you got your brothers and sisters, M through Z, that will be here in a little bit. And so one of these days we'll get back together. But I thank God that you have chosen to return to God's house. And that you wanted to be here. Amen. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. We read these words, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. I'm thank, I thank God for the church. It is the pillar and ground of, of truth. And I'm glad that you're here this morning. I praise God for you. And listen, Paul said that you know how to behave yourself in the house of God. Listen, during this whole thing, I pray that we all try to behave ourselves as Christians. I don't know about you, but I had, I had days that I wasn't too happy. I had days where I, I woke up grumpy. Ask my wife. I had days that I was grumpy all day. And I said to her, I don't know what's wrong with me. But again, it, I think it was the stress and the frustration. And, and, and it was just all going on. I don't know if any of you felt this. It was an oppressive time. It was a dark time. Some of you really enjoyed it because it was pajama time and popcorn time and not going anywhere and not seeing anybody. Some of you could do your life without seeing anybody. You're okay with that. <clears throat> but somebody wants to see you because you're important to them. So I'm glad we're all back and coming back. But I'll tell you what, I thank God for your return to the house of God. You're important. There's nobody in the church that's not important. Sometimes we feel like you're not, sometimes we have a feeling we're not important. Oh, I'm, just, I'm a senior and I'm not important. I, I, I'm, I'm a single and I'm not important. And I'm a kid and I'm not important. And we all have these things. You're all important. And you all have gifts from God that you need to use for God and for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I thank God for your return. I'm not diminishing the, the difficulty, the long time it seems to be. It seems like it's been forever, 12 weeks, three months, seems like at least a year. But I'll tell you what, I'm thankful that we're back. 
God, and I want to say this as we close. Listen, whatever you've gone through, whatever you've had to deal with, and I'm not minimizing any of it. Some people have had sick loved ones and gone through sickness. We lost our dear sister Donna during this time. Donna Braden. It's been hard. People have lost loved ones. Teresa lost her dad a few weeks ago. Cherry lost John, T John Tucker, her husband, just a few weeks ago. I did another funeral just another week ago, standing in a cemetery with family that only a, a handful could be there. That's hard. It's hard when people can't visit their loved ones that are sick. It's hard they can't have normal funerals. It, it, all this stuff is just so hard. But I want to say this, with a thankful heart, God makes no mistakes. God is good all the time. And when we don't understand some things, we have to leave it to God because he's a good God. He's a great God. Amen. And God is, is aware and he, he makes no mistakes. He is ever, listen, and only good. That's my God. And so don't let this season and this time, no matter what came your way, praise your God. Be thankful. I'm so thankful today. Are you? Are you thankful today? I am. I am really. And I'll close with this. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 18, Paul said these words. And I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which ye have sent from you, an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And here's the point. Now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. As we leave today, let's glorify God. Let's speak well of his name. I taught that on Wednesday nights when we were online. Hey, listen, it's time to come back. And you have, and I'm so grateful. But now it's time to go forward and be a better people for all of this. God allowed it. And we're supposed to thank God in all things. That's what the scripture says. Even during this situation. Let's bow our heads as we would, every head bowed as we close. Father, thank you so much.